Amen. Let me pray for us. Lord, we thank you for your great and awesome love, and we are here because of our desire to glorify and honor you. Thank you for this opportunity, Lord, and it's in your most precious name we pray. Amen. You all may be seated, and again, welcome to uh, Wildwood Christian Church. Those of you who don't know, my name is Doug Vernon. I'm the senior minister here, uh, and I'm thankful that you're here with us in person. I'm thankful for those of you who are here with us online. Um, we want to be able to connect with you and encourage you in some way. And so if this is your first Sunday with us, if you've never been with us before, whether in person or even online, uh, we'd love to be able to uh, encourage you and send you more information about our church family. And so we ask you to text the word WELCOME to 636-206-8654. It's also on the back of your seat. Um, if you're online, you can do that as well, and we just want to be able to connect with you. Don't worry, somebody won't show up at your door, um, but we want to be able to let you know more information about our church family, and so thank you for, for that and being a part of our service. So I was reminded yet again this week that I am a, a pretty selfish person. There was three or four opportunities this week in which I could have done something nice for somebody else, but rather what I decided to do was just sit back and do absolutely nothing. I could have let somebody in in front of me uh, as I was driving down the road. That wasn't going to happen because I'm way too selfish for that. You know, I could have... Um, I could have uh, done some dishes at home when I, you know, just chose to sit there and do absolutely nothing. I could have made the bed. That's never going to happen, right? I mean, just so many ways in which I realized I am just an extremely selfish person. Now, you laugh, but inwardly you're probably thinking to yourself, yeah, you know, I'm kind of maybe a little bit like that as well, you know. I know I'm a, you know, selfish person when I um, see that there's only one cookie there, and I really want that cookie, right? <laughs> or I know I'm a selfish person when I step into the living room to watch my favorite show on the best TV in the house, and somebody else is already watching a show there, right? I mean, I know I'm a selfish person when I see my neighbor step out of their house, and I think, I don't have an hour for a conversation here, and so I walk the other direction, pretending like I don't see them. I mean, I think we all wrestle a little bit with this concept and this idea of selfishness. But it comes naturally to us, I think. At least it feels that way. It's like we, we are fed this line in the world that says the only way you're going to ever, you know, enjoy life and find happiness is if you put yourself first, you know, if you put your needs and your wants first. And if you don't do that, people are going to run all over the top of you. And so we're, we're fed this line and we hear this line. And so we do that. And every single time, I mean, this is true in me, my life, every single time I put myself first and I set the needs of others secondary, why is it that I always feel this sense of dissatisfaction, this sense of uneasiness, this sense that Man, I just, you know, I'm not happy. I don't feel the measure of contentment. It's almost like God has designed us in such a way that we find greater joy and happiness in our life when we give away joy and happiness and we serve other people. So we're doing, uh, starting today, a pretty simple two-part series called um, Get Into, Get In The Game. Um, uh, appropriately on Super Bowl Sunday, we're doing that. So I was curious, 
Do we have any Rams fans in the city of St. Louis anywhere? Do we have any Rams fans? We got a couple down here. It's brave of you, Stan, to put your hand up in the air, right? I mean, I've heard some pretty strong opinions against the Rams, and you know, who knows why? I mean, they left town, took a bunch of money. They sent us money back, didn't we? Or have we ever seen that money anywhere? We didn't get any as a church, I know that. So we've got the Bengals and we've got the Rams, and so I just suggested you wear your favorite sports jersey. I only have Cardinal stuff here, and so that's why I wore this. But it's Super Bowl Sunday, but the goal of this series is to encourage and challenge all of us to get out of the stands and into the game. You may say, well, I'm not a football player, Doug, so I'm not going to do that. We're not talking about Super Bowl or a football stadium or the soccer field or anything. We're talking about God's kingdom, God's church, of which we're a part of. And so this series is to open the door as best we possibly can to help every single one of us, in person and online, to be able to step into real significance by living the way that God wants us to live. And so This is important, again, because we get fed this line all of the time. We get fed this line that just simply says, you know what, I need to put myself first. Um, We get fed this line that says that, and we kind of believe it. Another reason why this series is important is simply because Jesus set the example for all of us. Jesus modeled serving for us. In fact, what did he say? I didn't come to be served, but to serve and give my life as a ransom for many. But then there's this other paradox of serving that we're going to discover today. And the paradox is just simply this, that the more I serve, the more I give, the more joy and peace that I find in my life. And it doesn't make sense in this world, right? It's like, you know, if you don't do it yourself, you know, then you're not going to have any joy. But the more I give away, the more I receive. The more blessings I give, the more blessings I receive. The greater joy that I have. And so there's this paradox that we face and we wrestle with. So here's the challenge. Here's the key today. It's simply this. When in doubt, take action. Okay? When in doubt, take action. No matter what happens, no matter what's going on, when you confront this, should I do something, should I not do something, when in doubt, take action. And so we're going to find ourselves today in 1 Peter chapter 4. So I want to encourage you to turn to 1 Peter chapter 4. Now it's pretty easy to find in your Bibles. It's kind of near the end. 1 Peter 4. And the good news about this passage of scripture is that God knows we're not the only ones who wrestle with this whole concept of serving. So we've got Peter Peter, who is a leader in the church, now this is the same Peter who denies Jesus, okay? This is the same Peter who's good at sticking his foot in his mouth. But this is also the Peter that becomes mature. This is a Peter who God uses in his kingdom to do great things. And so he's writing actually two different letters, 1 and 2 Peter, to a group of Christians who are really struggling with persecution. I mean, not the kind of persecution that sometimes gets claimed to get today that says, well, you know, I'm persecuted as a Christian if I have to wear a mask. I'm persecuted as a Christian if we can't gather in person. That's, that's not persecution. This is persecution that says, oh, by the way, you're going to lose your life if you say you're a Christian. I'll take away your livelihood. We'll, we'll sell everything. We'll throw you into jail simply because you claim the name of Jesus Christ. And so he's encouraging this group to stick together, to be a, a support and an encouragement to one another. And so we're going to look at 
First Peter chapter 4 is the passage we're going to look at. I'm going to read verses 8 through 11, so encourage you to follow along as I read this passage. Peter writes this, Above all, love each other deeply, because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you've received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. So today, we want to take a look at this teaching from Peter, and he begins there in verse 8 where he says, Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Love each other deeply. Go ahead, put that up there for me, Dale. Love each other deeply. Go a couple more. Verse 8, keep going till the lower third one. There you go, you got one more. Anyway, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. I need love because I sin a lot. Not just sin, you know, in general, but sin in which I do things that make other people unhappy. I need love covering over a multitude of sins. Now, love is not a feeling word here. Love is an action word. Love is a choice. It's a decision that I make to treat somebody other, somebody else um, the correct way, whether I want to or I think they deserve it. Love covers over a multitude of sins. And that's a confusing phrase because in a sense it's like, so if I love people, does that mean I get forgiven? God forgives me? No, what it means is that in the context of the church setting where we gather as God's people and we bump elbows and we annoy and we sometimes irritate other people, it means because I, my sins have been covered by Jesus Christ, I can extend that same grace to other people who maybe annoy me or bother me or um, trouble me at times within the context of the church family. And then he says in verse 9, offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Now, hospitality was a big deal in the first century church because they didn't have buildings like we have to gather in. They could gather, you know, outside you know, maybe outside of the city, or if there was a huge temple or gathering area, they could gather there. But the churches in that day, they met in people's homes. It's like our small groups that we have today. That, those were the churches. That's where they met. That's where they gathered. And so the offering of hospitality was a crucial thing in that particular day. But don't you love that when he always adds a qualifier, offer hospitality without grumbling? I hate it when he puts stuff like that in there, without grumbling, right? I mean, why couldn't they say, offer hospitality except if it's your annoying neighbor? Or offer hospitality except if it's that strange preacher? Or offer hospitality except if it's your mother-in-law? But he doesn't say that, right? In fact, the New Living says, offer hospitality cheerfully. Cheerfully, like it's something that is joyful to me. But it was so cr crucial in that day. But then he really gets into what we want to talk about today, where he says, verse 10, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others faithfully as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Each of you, each one of you. So he's talking to everyone, okay? Everybody online, everybody here. If you're a follower of Jesus, he's talking to you. So turn to the person next to you and say, he's talking to you. You better listen. He's talking to you. Every one of us, each one of us, he's talking to you. And so 
every single one of us is involved, but what does he say? Each one of you should do what? Should use whatever gift you have received. So somehow or another, every single one of us have received a gift. Now, this is not a financial gift. It's not a birthday present gift. This is a gift that we receive when we follow Jesus Christ. In other places, Paul uses the term spiritual gift. But it is a gift from God that he wants us to use in his kingdom for his service, right? And so he says to every single one of us, every person that's here, every person that's listening, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, then you've been given a spiritual gift, a way that you can serve God. It, it could be a talent or an ability. It could be your passion. It fits with your personality. But it has to do with something that God has done within you, and he wants you to use that for the good of other people. In fact, he goes on and says, what? Use whatever gift you've received to serve other people. And that just goes right against my selfish nature. The purpose of those gifts that God has given to us is not for me to use and enjoy. The purpose of those gifts is to serve others. Others, meaning those of us who are part of God's family, that God has gifted me to take those gifts, to use those for the benefit and the good of God's kingdom. And when I choose to serve others, here's that paradox again. It frees my heart to receive even greater love from God, and it frees my heart to be able to serve and love other people even more. When I give, somehow I'm blessed and received. And many of you have experienced that, right? You've served and you've done things and you've received that. So I want you to take a moment and listen to the story of one of our ladies, Stephanie, as she shares about her experience with serving and loving God. Hi, I'm Stephanie and this is my daughter, Holly. We started coming to Wildwood Christian Church in July and we have never left. Pastor Doug has a gift and I love how this church community uses their gifts to help other people. I feel blessed and grateful for the opportunity to serve as a greeter. We always leave here with so much more than we came in with and I am honored for any opportunity to give back just a little sliver of what has been so generously given to us. To be honest though, greeting is also a little scary for us. Holly and I are both enthusiastic by nature, but we are also painfully shy until we get to know you. Introducing ourselves while we open doors forces us to become willing to let God use us as his instruments, and it boosts our confidence. She sees me step out of my comfort zone to please God and help people, and she can learn by my example. This also helps me show her that God is bigger than any fear we are ever going to face, and all things are possible with him. It's funny we were asked to do this video because I've been meditating on the slow to speak verse, but I'm always praying for ways that God can use me. This is not at all what I had in mind, but it reinforces that God's will, not mine, be done, and his timing is always perfect, even when it's inconvenient for me. This builds trust and closeness with God and spiritual growth. Holly also gets to witness firsthand how rewarding serving is. So serving can actually be kind of selfish, too. Like Pastor Doug has been talking about, when you feel uncomfortable, it allows God 
to dig up your roots, to allow room for more growth and improvement. I know that once I get over myself and I'm done feeling embarrassed, we are gonna feel so good about overcoming this silly fear and freely relying on God. That feeling is so powerful that I want others to feel it too. It's contagious, an upward spiral. Imagine if God's truth spread like COVID. It could change hearts and the world. Serving reminds me that when I get out of the way and let God take over, amazing things can happen, and I feel peace. I once heard that peace is not living without chaos or turmoil. It's in the, when you're in the midst of these things and you feel calm in your heart. I could not ask for a greater gift than that. So thank you, Wildwood Christian Church, for letting Holly and I serve, honor, and please God together. Once again, we wind up receiving so much more than we are giving, and that is just a teeny tiny glimpse of God giving us so much more than we could ever think to ask him for. The opportunity to serve is a gift, and if accepted, the rewards will be endless. So we end up receiving way more than what we give out because that's how God has designed things. In fact, if you go on in that um, verse 10, he uses this phrase as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Faithful stewards of God's grace. It's like when he gives me a gift, which has at its root the same word for grace, he gives me a gift and I use that then I am able to then dispense grace to other people. And then when I dispense God's grace to other people, it's like I receive even more back in gifts from God. It's this continuous thing that happens to me. This idea of being faithful stewards is I'm a manager of what God has given to me. I'm responsible for that, whether it be my spiritual gift or my time or my family or my talents, whatever it has to, happens to be, I am responsible for that. But then it also gives this picture that God is dispensing his grace through me, that God is working through me. And that's an astonishing thought to recognize that God wants to work through every single one of us in some way or another to make a difference in the lives of other people. So that means when I preach, it's really God speaking through me. When you serve, it's really God in his strength serving through us. When you uh, come early and you warmly greet someone with a smile at the door and you welcome them, it's really God welcoming those people through you. When you sit in a circle with kids on Sunday morning in the back, and you teach them about God's goodness or you sing with them about God's love, that's really God singing and teaching and encouraging through you. You know, when you sweep the walkway on a Sunday morning or you repair a toilet during the week, it's God serving through you. When you come on a Saturday and you practice and you lead us in a time of worship, that's God working through you. It's, it's God's way of allowing us to be a part of something that's so more significant than something we could ever fathom or imagine, that God is working through every single one of us. But then verse 11, he, he says this, If anyone speaks, 
They should do so as the one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. And it struck me as interesting that Peter only really mentions two gifts, speaking and serving. When you go to other places in the New Testament, I mean, there's a lot of gifts that are mentioned. Paul mentions seven, I think, in Romans 12. He mentions 14, like in 1 Corinthians 12 and 13 and 14. There's other gifts mentioned in Ephesians 4. I mean, there's several gifts. Why, why is Peter only really giving two here? It's almost like it's not so much the actual gift is the recognition that it is God who's working through whatever way we choose to open our hearts and let God serve through us. It's almost like he's describing two categories, those who declare God's truth and those who dispense God's love. But whatever service you choose to say to God, I want to use whatever gift you use that God has given to you, what, what you're doing is you're allowing the work of God to happen. You're, you're a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ as you serve other people, as you give your gifts from God to them. And why serve? Well, one of the things Stephanie said is because God has given us so very much, hasn't he? God's grace, he is so good to us. But when we serve other people, those who are part of God's church and God's family, what does he say there in verse 11? So that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. He gets the glory because he is the one. So when in doubt, that's when we want to take action. So I want to try to be as practical as I can. How, how is it that I can serve the church? And when I say the church, again, it's not this building. It is you and I, those of us who are followers of Jesus Christ. We are the church. When we gather corporately like this, right, we assemble together. We're the church together. And so how is it that I can serve the church? How is it that I can make a difference within the walls of this building? So if you look around the outside here, there's tables there, 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 and there. There's tables all over the place there. Um, following our service today, we're going to have people this week and next week as well who are going to be at those tables to give you the opportunity to say, here's, here's some ways that you can serve. In fact, on your seat was laid a piece of paper which just simply says, Wildwood Christian Church Serving Opportunities. This is just a, a, a partial list of the ways that you can serve. In other words, we want to make it as easy as we possibly can for you to step into some way of serving. And I know those of you are online, some of you haven't really gotten out much because of COVID and some of the illnesses that you face, but there's opportunities for you. And so I want you to take a moment and just listen as Brandy, our family minister, shares with you some encouragement about stepping into service as well. We've all been blessed with different gifts, gifts that God has given us to be able to do. Some of us are really great at cooking and baking. Some of us are really good at making things with our hands. Some of us are really good at creating music or just creating in general. You know, we all have different talents and God has blessed each of us. And what we're supposed to do with those blessings is turn around and use them to bless others. Now, if God's given you these gifts, it's because he wants you to use them. And what better way to use them than to glorify him in his church and to serve his church? You know, I can definitely get it. Like, I've heard plenty of people say, like, kids are not for me. I don't really like kids that much. I don't really like being around youth that much. I don't like 
this and I don't like that, I don't like this and I don't like that. Well, instead of thinking like what I don't like, what do you like? Think of what you like and how can you use that in our church today to serve? How can you give and how can you bless? So you just need to come out and talk to me. And, you know, I get it. Kids and teens can be a little frightening to teach, you know. I uh, definitely understand that. Sometimes you never know what's going to come out of their mouths and it can get uncomfortable. But what's even better is that they're still new, very new in their faith. And they're thinking of things in a way that we're not. And it's so new to them. And you're getting to be the one to instill these things in them, to plant seeds in them that God is going to cultivate to grow and bear fruit later. And it's such a beautiful thing to get to be a part of, but you only get to be a part of it if you're helping them and being with them. And I get busyness. I really do. Whenever you just feel like you're just like, I'm too busy, I don't have any time to give. Once again, I challenge you to stop thinking of what you don't have and think of what you do and see what you can do um, using the gifts that God has blessed you with to turn around and bless his church with. I love that encouragement because we can all think of those things that maybe we don't want to do and we should. I mean, if you are not good at working with children, we don't want you working with children, okay? So just to be honest with you. If you uh, are a grouchy person, we don't want you greeting at the door, right? Because we want people to feel welcome. But there's gifts and abilities and things that all of us can do. And so we've shared these opportunities, and what we just ask you to do this week and next week is just have a conversation. Go to one of the different tables and just kind of find out what is it that they're involved in doing, and just ask about that. Those of you who are online, there's a web, on our webpage, you can go to that, the link that's provided there, and you can find out more of those opportunities. But we just want to open the door, and this week and next week, we're going to encourage you to do that. Now, next week, we're going to talk more about serving outside of the walls of the church, which is such a crucial way to serve as well. But we want to open the door for every single one of us to find ways that we can serve Jesus Christ. And so have a conversation. Just talk to somebody. You don't have to commit even today, but ask, what does that mean? And what would that involve? And what, how might I serve in that particular area? Um, Imagine what it would be like if every single one of us in this room and every person here, imagine what it would be like if this week over these next seven days, rather than doing what I did in selfishness and sitting back and not doing anything, is that when we are in doubt that we would take action, that we would serve. Imagine the impact it could have in your home if every single time you saw that opportunity... Teenagers, you would freak your parents out if you did that and you served and you did something for them. Imagine the impact it could have on a neighborhood if we just took opportunity to serve other people. Imagine the impact it could have in the place that you work. And imagine the impact it could have in our church. We have just a church full of people who are giving and who are serving, using their gifts and abilities, their passions, their experiences, to make an impact for Jesus Christ. And it's critical. It's crucial. Um, Peter says there in 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 11, he, or verse 12, he kind of gives us, or verse 7, I'm sorry, at the beginning, it says, the end of all things is near, therefore be alert and of sober mind so that you can pray. The end of all things is near. Now, this is a little challenging phrase because this was probably written 2,000 years ago. And a part of it is, you know, God's timing is different than our timing. But I started to wonder, maybe God has extended time somewhat. Because there's people in your life, in your family, 
in my neighborhood that need the love of Jesus Christ. And God wants, through your serving and my serving, he wants to use us to be able to make an impact because the time is short. The end is near. Someday God's going to say, that's it. Time's no more. And the only two questions that you're going to need to answer at the end of time is, number one, what did you do with my son Jesus Christ? Did you receive and accept him as your Lord and Savior? And number two, what have you done with the gifts that I've given to you? And so I want to encourage you, us together, to be a church who when we are in doubt, we just take action. We just serve because of the love of Jesus Christ. Let me pray for us. Lord, thank you for your great love and mercy that you show to us. And today, Father, we ask you to just give us the courage to have a conversation, Lord, to just be willing to put our faith and trust in you, even if it's outside of our comfort zone, Lord, to just say, yeah, I, I, I want to allow God to work through me in this specific area. And so, Father, give us wisdom and insight um, to know how you want us to serve, how you've gifted us, Lord, and use this church, Lord, to make such a great impact as the time grows near, Lord. We love you, and we thank you for your mercy and your grace, and in your most precious name we pray, amen.